Hello, parents. Today, we're talking about the stories we tell ourselves regarding our teens' choices. We want to be able to separate our thoughts from the facts that are going on. It can be incredibly helpful. So I talk about a fun little time when our son used to sneak out in the middle of the night. Can't wait for you to hear more. Hello, and welcome to Parenting Post-Wilderness, your guide to parenting struggling teens. I'm your host, Beth Hillman, a mom of five boys, including a post-wilderness teen and a life coach for parents. I will guide you on how to influence lasting change by first understanding the relationship-changing power of focusing on your own behavior instead of futile attempts to control your teens. Parents, the change begins with us. Hi, parents. Today, our episode is on the stories our brains tell us. So the idea here is that there are facts or circumstances that are happening throughout life. Like the weather is a circumstance. What somebody says to me is a circumstance. What somebody does is a circumstance to me. But then what happens is my brain decides to create this elaborate story. It comes up with thoughts that create feelings, that create actions, that lead me to things I may or may not want. So let's talk about facts and stories. So the truth is, and I actually mean the truth, is that the facts don't hurt us. So if I have an opinion on the rain and I think, ah, I don't want it to rain, that's a thought on the circumstance it's raining. But rain doesn't hurt me, right? Sunshine or, you know, none of that, that hurts me. But what I think about it might. So, you know, let's say I want to go, I'm going to plan to go boating that day. It starts to rain. I feel sad. I feel sad because I feel like the rain ruined our plans. But the rain didn't ruin our plans. The rain was going to happen no matter what. The rain just rained. It's neutral. And my thought is it ruined my plans. So then I feel sad or disappointed. But the rain itself isn't causing my feelings. So the same thing could go for a fairly big circumstance. I like to use the circumstance of John Denver dying. The reason I use this is because people are familiar with John Denver. I really, really liked him. I still listen to his music quite often. (laughs) So here's what's interesting is when John Denver passed away years ago, I did not know. Therefore, the fact of him passing away did not affect me. It, it, I, had, I had no thought about it. Therefore, it didn't affect me at all. There's no direct relationship between a fact and my feelings. But when I did hear about him passing away, I felt very sad. Why? Because I felt like I, was, I didn't want him to die. I felt like it was too soon for him to pass away. I felt like the world would be worse off without John Denver. And therefore, I had feelings about it. But his passing did not directly affect my feelings. There was a thought in there. And the thought is what affected my feelings, not the fact. Facts are neutral. They're neutral. 
Here is another example. When uh, my son was a teenager, the wilder kid, we finally figured out that he was, quote, sneaking out, unquote. Now, before we realized he was sneaking out, I was in my bed, fast asleep, having no feelings about him sneaking out or leaving the house or anything. No feelings whatsoever. So that fact did not directly affect me. It didn't. But when I found out he was leaving the house at midnight and would stay out all night, then I had lots of thoughts. And my brain created a story about those thoughts and about the facts. But the facts alone isn't what hurt me. So two people, let's, let's, for example, two people observe the same event, same event. We could even talk about like maybe my husband and I both, you know, coming to the understanding that our son was leaving in the middle of the night, but you ask each of us to tell you what happened. And even though we share the same fact, our thoughts about it or our story about that situation would be different. We might have a dad who says, ah, it's no big deal, left in the middle of the night, whatever. And we might have a mom who said the same thing. Or we have a, might have a mom or dad who was like, oh my gosh, we have to nip this right now. He, this cannot happen. He's fallen off the rails. We have to get him help and all that. So my point though is just that we know those are both stories because neither of that happened. None of that happened. It's not okay. It's not not okay. That's not what we're dealing with. Those are the stories we're telling ourselves about the fact that he left in the middle of the night. So the question is, is how do we know what the truth is, right? Because we think our stories are true. We think they're right. Either, you know, the mom or dad thinks, oh my gosh, he needs help this very minute. Or the other parent thinks, nah, he's fine, which is true, right? Which one is true? Well, neither of them are true because they're both stories. What's true is our son left the house in the middle of the night. That is what's true. So facts can be true. Stories are not true and not false. They're just stories. And what they do is they increase our emotion about something. They kind of take us off the rails and, and very often, very often, they give us worst case scenario, those stories. So I want you to know there's no such thing as a negative circumstance or a positive circumstance. We are not affected by our circumstances. We are affected by our thoughts about the circumstance and what we make those mean, what the stories create for us. So yes, things happen, whether teens' choices, other adult choices, the whole thing, but we are not affected until we think about. So without thoughts, everything is neutral. Now that may take a minute to sink in, <laughs> but we're going to keep going. The crazy thing is, is that we think our stories are absolutely true. We think we are just relaying the news. We think we are just observing the day's events. But most of the time, we are not just observing. Most of the time, we are spinning those facts into stories. And a lot of the times, worst case scenario stories. There's either a huge problem or there's not a problem. Our brain goes black and white with stories often. So why would it do that, right? I think that's a pretty good question. Why would our brains do that? 
It's because most of the time we have a knee-jerk reaction or we go into default mode with our brains, right? That's why we create stories. But it's just, it's not very helpful. It's not that great of news for me or my team because it sends me into this realm where I think I'm thinking about facts, but I'm not. I'm thinking about stories and I'm trying to make decisions from these stories. And it really leads me into an emotional state. But here's the thing. Your brain, our brains have evolved to survive. For the past thousands of years, its main job has been to look for danger, avoid it, and survive. To look for what's wrong with you, what's wrong with your teen, what's wrong with the world, so we can shift, 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 and try to survive. But when this autopilot software that is running in our brains make these decisions without our conscious, deliberate choice, it's very often going to go to the negative. And I don't know, that's, that's a great question. Have you noticed that? Sometimes it'll go to like, this is too hard. I can't do it. Things will never change. I'm a, par- a terrible parent. They're never going to figure this out. This will never work. There's just no hope. All the negative things your brain automatically does. It's because your brain is functioning properly. Crazy. Your brain is programmed for negativity. Because it's programmed to look for what's wrong or for the danger, things that could kill us. And I'm telling you, if you listen to this podcast and you might have a teen in wilderness or after wilderness, your brain may very well think your teen is the saber-toothed tiger. And because of the, the pain that has been felt. So it looks for what's wrong, what's for danger, the things that could kill us and interprets those things. So we end up running around with so much stress and doubt and frustration and fear because our brain wants to keep us alive. So to be afraid of what's out there. So we stay in and we stay the same and we keep repeating patterns. We doubt our abilities and we doubt others so we won't go out and get in danger. But that ends up creating a lot of negative thinking. Way back when, this was helpful to keep us out of danger you know, to make sure we're fed and sheltered and alive. But now it, it's not its not working. It's not really helpful. I mean, we have houses and food coming out of our ears and fancy cars and cameras in our phones. Like life is pretty good, even if our kids are making really tough choices. That unhelpful negative reaction isn't really taking us anywhere helpful. So when we become aware of this default mode of thinking, and understand that there is more than one way to interpret an event, we can then understand there is choice in everything because all thoughts are optional. The pain does not reside in the fact. The pain resides in our thoughts. We are free to choose whatever interpretation we want or at least become aware that our interpretation is a choice and not a truth. So that doesn't mean we won't choose to think something is bad or good or hard or easy or happy or sad because we will. That's totally okay and awesome. We don't want to get rid of our thoughts. We want to be deliberate with our thoughts. So what we want to practice and learn is how to separate the circumstances from the thoughts. If circumstances or facts are neutral and all thoughts are optional, I mean, this is like really big news if this is true, right? Then what? 
Then the idea is to learn to be conscious and deliberate about our thoughts because they shape our entire experience. So when my son was leaving the house between like 12 a.m. and 4 a.m., that is the circumstance. But even if I add in my son was sneaking out, it it turns it. It turns the fact, right? Because there's lots of people who leave their house between 12 a.m. and 4 a.m. and it's fine. Maybe they're going to go to the airport. Maybe they, um, you know, wanted to go on a, a really early hike. <laughs> the fact is not causing us pain. It's our thoughts. So when I'm trying to separate my circumstances from my thoughts, I want to keep my circumstances as neutral as possible. Sometimes I don't even use my son's name. I would say like 15-year-old son left house between 12 and 4 a.m. Then, now and everybody who understands this situation would agree. Like, all right, that's a fact. Then I get to think about the thoughts. Now, the reason why I want to think about the thoughts because I want to become aware of what my brain is giving me. I want to make the unconscious thoughts conscious so I can see them, so I can deal with them, so I can be aware of them. Otherwise, they're there already and they're already making decisions for me, those unconscious thoughts. So I want to lift them out. I want to be aware. So instead of saying sneaking, which I can't be sure, because let me tell you, his friends, Instead of calling it sneaky, they would have thought he was super smart and funny for doing that. (laughs) And so the fact is he left the house. Yes, yes, everybody can agree on that. Great. But my thought is, so these are some of my thoughts. I'm a terrible mom. He's ruining his life. He's going to end up in jail. We're going to find him in a ditch. We should have gone to more hikes. We should have had more consistent dinners. Uh, I don't know what to do. He's probably sneaking everything. He's probably lying and cheating and stealing and on and on and on. That is the story my brain created. And that's what sent me to feeling so incredibly stressed and worried that I was, it was very difficult to even make a decision because I was letting those thoughts rule my life at the time. So let me ask you, what is the story? you have about your teen. I say some things like, hey, Beth, or hey, Beth's brain, what is the story you have on this? What's going on? And then I'm super curious because I want to know what my my brain is telling me. I want to lift up and out those unconscious thoughts because they are driving everything, whether I know they are or not, whether I think about them or not. They are the deciding, they're like my autopilot patterned responses. So once you ask yourself the story of your your teen, there's another question after you bring all that up and out. What is the story you want to think about your teen? Because the fact is you have, you know, 14-year-old daughter or you have 17-year-old son. Those are the facts. Then Get your brain to answer you. Be curious. Ask that question. What do I think about them? What am I afraid that they're going to do? What am I so scared of that if I don't do this, they'll do that? I want you to know you have options. 
because thoughts are optional. Every single one of them. Some I would choose on purpose. Some I would not because I know how unhelpful they are. And just a little note, please don't go for this pie in the sky, positive talk crap. Stuff is garbage. (laughs) Please don't convince yourself everything's going perfectly. Don't do that. But think about the fact and then look at your thoughts. And then when you want to decide on purpose what you want to think, it might look something like this. He's, you know, the teen. Teen is going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes, but we're figuring it out. Something as neutral as that, but is way more helpful than my son's ruining his life or I'm a terrible mom. It's considerably more helpful. We are figuring this out. It's one of my absolute favorite thoughts and it's true. You are figuring it out. It's not pie in the sky. It's not, oh, everything's fine. It's not like that. It's not what I'm asking you of you. But coming to a different thought besides, I'm a terrible mom, I'm going to find him in a ditch, and all of that worst case scenario stuff, a much more helpful thought is, we're figuring this out. Okay. Take care. Have a great day. Bye. Hey there. Thank you for joining me today. If you know a struggling parent, please share this with them. If you have any questions or want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Beth Hillman Coaching or through my website, BethHillmanCoaching.com. And remember, parents, the change begins with us.